hope that you have like an authentic encounter with Jesus tonight. That's why we do this. That's why we, we throw a service. It's for you guys, and it's for people to really come to know who Jesus is and to have a relationship with him. So, man, if it's your first time, we're, we're really happy to see you, and we want you to keep coming. We want you to get plugged in a life group. And um, I guess if y'all were with us two weeks ago, Lynn and Nolan came and, and brought the house down with an amazing message about um, generosity. And one quote he had from that was, uh, generosity is a condition of the heart. Whether you're Bill Gates rich or college student broke, uh, wherever you're at, God wants us to be generous. He wants us to give with our finances, with our time. Uh, man, it, it's, it's being lived out right now as we have this opportunity to partner with someone to go to Alaska. If we can't go, let's, let's send them. And uh, that's, what it all, that's what it's all about. Um, that's when, when pen meets paper, you know, uh, rubber meets the road. Um, a sermon meets real life, you know, when we, when we get to partner with someone like that and, and to bless them. But, um, man, that, that was an amazing week, and, and I want to kind of continue off of that. But before I do, uh, does anybody like to cook in here? Anybody? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it, and more specifically, does anyone like to cook steak? <laughs> ah, well, well we, we, we may have, like, this, this uh, discussion, if you will, going around um, between two people, whether they think they can... Uh, cook a steak better and, and over a grill or over a stovetop. Uh, we have super over, overly passionate cookers in the room. I don't want to mention any names, Cade, but, but we... <laughs> love you, Cade. I, I'm, I'm hoping so. I'm waiting for that one. But yeah, and uh, I know that we have like a definite culture of cooking here. And it's, it's really awesome to, to be a part and to receive that blessing in my tummy. But um, uh, man, uh, well... You know, despite the competition that we have going on, I think I have a, I have a resolution. I have a better way. And uh, I, I, was, I was surfing on, on YouTube the other day, and I came across, like, this ad, but it was a video, and I, it was so good that I kept watching it. You ever had those YouTube ads where you're just like, I actually want this product, you know? Like, it doesn't happen that much, but, but uh, it, it, was, it was this thing called the Instant Pot. And what it is, it's not, it's not just a crock pot, but it's, like, an amazing crock pot. You... you, you uh, you put your steak in there, they give you these little baggies, and, and um, you, you designate like the exact temperature you want your meat cooked to, like 158 degrees or 165, whatever, um, what, however you, you want your meat cooked, and it'll cook, like in 90 minutes, it'll cook the meat all the way through, and, and all you have to do is when it's done, it'll tell you, and then you can just like flip it and, and sear it on the skillet for like a minute on each side, and, and you're good to go, and and I saw this, I'm like, man, I want to invest in this. This is something I need. And uh, if you know me well, you know I'm not a great cook, so uh, I, I think this would help me and, and take the guessing game out of, out of cooking. Uh, steaks especially, it's tough. But um, I say all that to say this. I want you to think of um, your heart tonight like a piece of steak. Maybe, maybe it's kind of random, but I, I, let's stay with me here. Maybe, maybe ribeye, T-bone, filet mignon, whatever your favorite cut of steak is, just think of it. Hey, your heart is a piece of steak. Now, now God speaks to us. He wants to speak to us. He, he puts us through experiences and uh, trials and, and things happen in our life through us and us and our family and our friends and relationships. He does all this in, in a very particular way so that he can align our heart with his heart. He can align what we want with what he wants. Our desires are our way of thinking. And uh, he does all this, but... But just like the steak being heated to the exact temperature, that, that's God's job of aligning our heart just to the, the very specific thing he wants us to do. 
we go with our own selfishness, with our own human tendencies, and uh, sear that stake on both sides. It, it may be a habitual sin that we've been in for years, or it may be something that we fall to only for the, the time of, of one minute, like, like, like the stake. But, but what, what happens in the parallel I'm trying to make is our heart being like a stake. We, we can harden our heart very quickly with sin. We can put that, that code on it, so to speak, and God is unable to, to speak to us in that way and to direct us like he was before. If we, if we go on with like oh, unforgiven sin and, and all of that, just habitual sin, living in the ways of the world instead of ways of God. But if you need to think of your heart like a stake to help you in the future, I hope that blesses you. But um, uh, the question I want us to ask uh, tonight, overall, like the, the overlying question is, what will it take for... for our heart to be broken for the things of God. What, what will it take um, for us to get in a place where we can, we can uh, ask God, will you break my heart? And will you break my heart for the people around me? And uh, would you pray with me before we get started? Jesus, we, we love you. We invite you here. We invite your Holy Spirit to just speak to us tonight, God. I pray that, that uh, each, each person in here would get a, a fresh revelation of who you are. And you would speak to them very specifically and you would direct them tonight, God. You would give them direction in their life. You would be their guide. And you would be their source for, for any trials, any things that are, anything that is coming up in the future, God. We, we just invite you. We love you. Our, our goal to be here is to, to look like you, Jesus, to live like you in every way that we can. So we just invite you, God. We know that your spirit is here with us. And it's in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. And uh, you may have seen the social media posts um, out there. We're in a series called Unstuck, and tonight we're talking about overcoming apathy. And you might be like, what's, what's apathy mean? And uh, I was like that too, but, but I, I, we look and we see, and I found this definition from uh, dictionary.com, so, so I trust it's legit. And it says, um, apathy is the absence of passion, emotion, or excitement. I believe we have that up there if you want to write that down. Apathy is the absence of passion, emotion, or excitement. It's just that feeling when we wake up in the morning and, and we don't feel like we have a purpose. We don't feel like we have a calling. We don't feel like uh, we're doing this for God. Jesus doesn't seem exciting anymore. And some people say um, apathy, is, apathy is like a symptom of depression and, and they go hand in hand. And uh, I just feel like the Lord wants to say, if you're new tonight, if you're hurting, um, as we sang in that song, the, the resurrecting king, the resurrected king is resurrecting me. Like, we have to get to the point where Jesus is still alive and he still wants to speak to us. He's not dead. He robbed the grave, it said. And he, he's here, he's alive, and he wants to speak to us. So if we can keep that in the back of our minds tonight, I think that's going to open us up to what the Lord wants to say to us. And, and uh, we see that, that, that uh, definition of apathy and now we want to dig into scripture a little bit. Um, Matthew twenty five fourteen. if you want to turn there or, or flip there. And uh, we're going to be reading about 16 verses. And uh, that, that's the parable of the talents. The parable of, of the talents. And uh, this is a pretty well-known parable. But, um, man, I, I think the Lord has something to speak to us through it tonight. And it says, again, I will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the servant 
the, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. And scripture goes on here, and the exact same thing happens with the next servant. And he has two bags. He invests his money wisely. He's a good steward, and he makes two more. And then it comes here in verse 24. If you're following along, I'm skipping ahead just a little bit. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And, and this is an assumption. He, this is not true about the master, but he's, he's making assumptions because he's afraid. He goes on to say, so I was afraid and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's pretty intense, but for us, applying this scripture, applying this parable to our life, we have to see these talents, these bags of gold, as time, as opportunities, um, uh, resources, money, whatever that may be. Anything that God has entrusted or given to us to give to other people. And, And the Lord is asking us tonight, through this scripture, what are you going to do with what I have given you? What are you going to do with what I've given you? And you may say, wait, Reese, I thought we were talking about apathy tonight. And we are. But, but, but how do we overcome apathy? The feeling of waking up and not feeling any emotion at all. And, and, and we have to ask the question, Lord, why, why, why don't I care more, more about things going on around me? We have to look into this parable and see, like, what has God given to us? What are we supposed to do with the things God has given us? And the first point tonight, if you're taking notes, is focus on something. And we relate that with, with our scripture here, and we want to utilize the talents that we have, utilize the blessings that God has given us, the opportunities that he's given us to serve, and to be a good steward of that. And you'll, you'll probably um, agree with me in saying that now we, we're exposed to so much media. We have uh, YouTube, Facebook, all this stuff, Google at our very fingertips, and um, th- there's really nothing that we can't figure out how to do in 10 minutes between YouTube and Google, right? Like, we can, we can Google anything. And um, what, what's crazy, an example here is, if you take 60, 60 seconds, one minute on social media, on Facebook, your Facebook news feed, you may see a cat video, um, a do-it-yourself uh, cooking video on how to make the best chocolate cake you've ever had. And in that same 60 seconds, you may see uh, a video, a, a clip of a, a store being covered where 20 people were shot and killed in another state. Like, there's so much that we're exposed to in such a short time on social media. And, and that's, that's the way it is now. And, and you go on 10 seconds, 30 seconds later, you've already went through five more videos, and you forgot about the video about the shooting. You forgot about the people that were hurt, 
the victims that were hurt and the lives that needed help because we just kept moving on. It's a habit. We kept scrolling. We kept going to the next thing. And uh, through all of that, we forget and we, we, we lost track of what mattered. And I think for us, we're exposed to so much media, so, so, much, uh, so many different options um, such a volume of this stuff is, we, we see it all, but we, we feel like we can't uh, really make a difference in any of it. We feel like um, there, there's so much out there. How can I, um, just, just me by myself, actually make a difference in anybody's life? Somebody's doing it. Somebody's working on it already. Who am I to say that I can do something? And I think our media is something that, that um, leads us to, to think in that way. And say that, man, there's just too much out there. There's too much for me, and uh, I'm not going to be good at any of it. But, but for example, we, we have 15 minutes to, to hang out before we go to bed at night to decompress and think about the day. We would rather pick up our phone and scroll social media than pick up our Bible and, and, and read God's Word. Because you would agree with me, reading the Bible, studying the Word of God, um, listening to what Jesus has to say through this takes actual like mental energy. And we have to focus in and read the words and, and concentrate on what they say. But, but in the meantime, we could spend those 15 minutes scrolling social media and never really have a stimulating thought. We could do it all mindlessly and, and go through so much media and none of it really matters to us. Are, are you guys with me? Can you relate here? I can relate. I, I know like my time spent on social media is like dead space in my brain. Like nothing's really going on and, and that convicts me and, and that's why I wanted to talk about that. Like what, what are we doing? Can, can we make the most out of the time we have between classes, uh, waiting on a friend for lunch? Can, can we engage in something intentional like the word of God and let the Lord speak to us? How do we overcome apathy? apathy? Focus on something. Focus on something. We all have a, have a something. Whether you know it or not, Scripture says that each and every one of you have a calling on your life from God. Each and every one of you have something that the Lord has specifically designed for you to carry out. You and only you can do it in the way that God intended. Amen? Like, that's a great thing. And uh, what is your something? You may sit here, what's my something? And I'm just going to give you this list. Maybe your something is helping people overcome addictions, a drug addiction, an alcohol addiction, a pornography addiction that, that they're going through that you've been through and you've seen victory in. And you, you, uh, you know how it, how it feels to be in, in the midst of that addiction. And you want to help them. Maybe that's your something. Maybe that's what your heart hurts for. Maybe it's being raised in a broken, abusive home. You know what it's like and you know what... Uh, you know what it's like to grow up in that, that atmosphere. And you want to help people that you see that are in that very spot now. Uh, maybe for you it's, it's helping provide something like clean water to, to people, groups, and communities that, that don't have access to it. Man, it blew my mind when we went to Haiti for the first time seeing that people never had clean water. They were getting diseases. They were getting infections because this water was, was absolutely filthy. And those people need clean water just like we do. Maybe that's just something, helping provide clean water for people that don't have it. Maybe it's overseas mission trips. Maybe it's medical mission trips, helping people uh, to have medical care that, that never had access to it. Maybe it's discipling college students. That, that's my thing. That's my something. That's God's calling for my life. I'm, I'm absolutely positive of it. Um, well, maybe, maybe it's 
feeding into the lives of the peers around you and showing them that, one, they need Jesus, but two, discipling them. Who, who are they in, in two years, five years, and ten years after they get saved? That, that's our heart in Chi Alpha. That's, that's our heart in being leaders. And if you're a leadership trainee in here, hopefully that's speaking to you in the way of, yes, we want, you, we want to get people saved. That's our priority. But, but who are they two years from that moment? And we want to help disciple them. That, that's why I'm here. That's, that's what God has called me to do. And I encourage you tonight, maybe this list sparks something in your mind or, or, or uh, reminded you of something. But we all have that something. Amen? We all have that something God has intended for us to have a heart for, to have a burden for, and, and to do something about. Rather than trying to go and make a small difference in so many places, which we tend to want to do, we, we see so much media every day that we, we could say, I can go over there and do that for a little while. Then I can go over here and do this for a few months. And for example, you can go to 12 countries in 12 months. It's a thing that they do, and I'm not hating on it, but, but what if we stayed in one country for 12 months and made a difference and invested in lives and the culture of people? What if we said, God, this is where you have me. This is the thing I'm going to do forever until you tell me not to. And I'm, I'm speaking in ministry or outside of ministry, in, in your job, in the degree that you're pursuing. What if, what if uh, you commit to do the thing that the Lord's told you to do um, forever, and, and not just saying, I'm going to do this until something better comes along. And, and we see so much on media now. Many things will catch our attention. We'll be like, oh, that's cool. That's funny. Someone should do something about that. But few things will capture our heart. Few things will capture our heart. And that's what we have to pay very close attention to tonight. Point two, if you're taking notes, consistently expose yourself to something that creates a righteous discomfort. That's how we overcome apathy. Exposing ourselves to something that creates a righteous discomfort. We have to say that, that, that when this thing, when this itch, issue is presented to us, we have to say, not on my watch is, are, are those people going to remain homeless. Not on my watch is that community going to continue to go without food. Not on my watch are those people going to go without clean water. Not on my watch are college students going to continue to live without knowing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not on my watch will people go without that. Will people live without that news? That's what it looks like to, to be exposed to a righteous discomfort. To have a heart for something. And to, when an issue is presented to you, you, you have a sudden, uh, a sudden uh, urgency just to go do something about it. And say, God, this is, somebody needs to do something about it. That somebody can be me. And, and that may just be your calling. If you see an opportunity, something that, that's passionate to you, something that, that uh, you can do for the Lord and you have a heart for it. That's God trying to tell you to do something. We have to th- find the thing that, that, that when, it, when it's brought to us, we say, not on my watch. Not on my watch is that going to stay like that. Not on my watch is that going to stay the same. Remember the parable we read that the men and the gold talents, the bags of gold, they were entrusted with a lot of money. And I found somewhere that a talent, that bag of gold, was equal to 20 years uh, of a salary. That's millions of dollars in our time. They were given a lot of money. Like, here you go, Reese, here's 20 million bucks. So watch it until I get back. Like, oh, what the heck? You know, like, I don't know what to do with that. Uh, <laughs> it scares me just to think, like, what do I do with 20 million dollars? And, man, I think for us, we, we may feel, we have to feel like that with God. God has given us something so much greater than 20 million dollars. He's given the promise of his son and in a life that we live freely now, being able to be forgiven of sin and, and 
and we have something so much more valuable. And, and we may sit here tonight and say, Reese, that's too risky. That's too risky. I, I'm not going to invest that. I'm not going to do that. I may lose it. But if we don't, we're going to end up like the banker that was given one sack and, and did nothing with it. We, God has called us to take a risk for the sake of his kingdom, to, to press into the thing that, that hurts, Pre- press into the thing that he wants us to do. And I, I hope during this whole talk, you're searching your heart, you're searching your mind and, and asking God, what, what is the thing for me? And as we continue on the thought of a righteous discomfort, uh, I want to look at Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. And this is Paul speaking here. He's a super wise dude. He, he read a lot of the New Testament. He wrote a lot of the New Testament. And it says here, with Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and my Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for, for my people. My Jewish brothers and sisters, I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. Wow. I would say that Paul is very sure of his discomfort here. Three times it says in Scripture, one, with Christ as my witness. Two, I speak with utter truthfulness. Three, my conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. Um, to say the least, like, th- this is an issue that keeps Paul up at night, right? This is something that is heavy on his heart. And it's so evident in Scripture that, that Paul's heart hurts for these people that are not obeying God, that don't know Jesus and are living outside of, of, of what he has for them. Man. Can we challenge ourselves to hurt like Paul does in that scripture? To ask ourselves, God, would you give me someone to hurt for? Would you give me an issue to hurt for? Just like he did. Wow. So for us tonight, we have to ask ourselves, and this is a sermon, one sentence. What's the thing? What's the people? What's the place God wants to put on my heart? Where can I serve? Where can I make a difference today? Not in five years, not in 10 years, not in 20 years. God has put you where he has you right now for a reason. And he wants you to make a difference today. Where can I serve? Where can I make a difference today? And we live in America. We live in the middle of the American dream. We're all blessed by comfort, to say the least. We're, we, we all have a roof over our head. Whether that, that's, that's amazing or not, a dorm or not, whatever you want to put it, wherever you live. But we, most of us have a vehicle. We have food to eat. Um, we, we are so blessed with comfort, and whether we want to admit it or not, we're some of the richest people in the world. Uh, culturally, you look around and, and see what, what uh, the amount of money people make on the other side of the world, and compared to the life we live, we, we are some of the richest people in the world. We are blessed with comfort, and, and that's such an awesome thing that we can't take for granted. But if we're not careful, we get so caught up in our culture, in, in this way of living, uh, that, that comfort itself can become like a drug to us. Comfort itself can, can be something that we hold so close to our heart, we hold so dear to us that, that we can't see outside of our own comfort zone. We can't see outside of our, our own bubble of, of safety. And, and look at uh, air conditioners, heaters, Advil. All of these things are made to keep us comfortable. Man, if my back hurts, the first thing I'm going to do is take an Advil. We have the natural tendency so when something becomes uncomfortable, we want to make it comfortable. When it gets a little too hot in our dorm room, we turn on the AC. When the radio is too quiet, we turn it up. That's a terrible example. But beside the fact, I don't know where that came from. But um, the other two, remember the other two. Yeah, yeah. 
we have the natural tendency to be very comfortable in our culture. We have the natural tendency, the moment something is not comfortable, we make it comfortable. We were raised that way by our parents. We've always taught that that's been the way to live inside of our safety bubble. Never go outside of that. You'll get hurt. Following Jesus, the way that he has for your life, the way he wants to speak to you, the things he wants to speak through you, are usually not in a place of comfort. Number three, embrace what hurts. The area of your life that's currently causing you the most discomfort may be the area that God wants to do something in. The very area that's causing you anxiety right now when you're thinking about it, that makes your stomach hurt a little bit when you're thinking about it, that may be the very area God wants you to spend a little more time in. Go talk to that person. Go do that thing. Follow the thing the Lord's already called you to do. Be obedient and listen to Him. Whatever seems uncomfortable may be the very way God is speaking to you. In my SALT experience, have you guys been to SALT? Who's been to SALT here? Yeah, amazing conference we have um, during Christmas break over, over New Year's. And I didn't go my freshman year. My first one was my sophomore year of college. And I won't ever forget this, but, but I remember, you know, the, the amazing worship sessions, all that stuff. But, but this happened um, in the announcements. I think they were having coffee talk or something like that. And, and, and they, they had a guy up there, and he was talking about Chi Alpha, give a year and pray about a lifetime. And, and as soon as he started speaking about this, um, my stomach started hurting, and I started like, my heart started beating real fast, and I was like, what the heck, and like, I don't know what's going on, and, and like, that was before I was ever interested or even, you know, felt called to ministry in any way. Now, I had a plan for my life. I had a degree that I was going to go pursue. I had a five-year, ten-year plan. I even knew, like, I wanted to live in this house. Like, it, it was that planned out for my life, and uh, I remember the way that I felt while that guy was talking about, Kyle, for give a year, pray about a lifetime, and now I'm giving a year and pray about a lifetime. I never would have knew it in that moment, but God was, God was speaking to me. He was trying to plant seeds within my heart, and I just, I just brushed it off. I was like, no, no, God, no, that's scary. I, I don't want to do that. I got a, I got a degree to pursue, and, and uh, I don't know, but I remember that, that was a very starting point for me and where I'm at now and, and uh, finding my calling, but uh, oftentimes for us, um, what, what is uncomfortable? What's that thing God wants to speak to you? And, and for me, Throughout um, my life, God speaks to me, and, and my stomach starts hurting, and I start sweating, and like, okay, this is God. Like, he's trying to say something. Uh, you, may, you may have your own way, but that seems to be my way. What, what is uncomfortable? We have to press in to what hurts. What's uncomfortable? The issue, you know someone needs to do something about. That may be your calling. And man, I just want to take a second and celebrate this, this mission trip that we went on uh, last week in Victoria. I think we have a picture up here. Two guys kicking butt, cutting wood. Yeah. But man, it, it was awesome to see the Lord just bring this team together and the focus that these guys had and we had to just get the job done. We were able to bless uh, some families with, with some wheelchair ramps and, and, and really bless some families that were housebound, that were not able to, to get outside of their house. And man, it was, it was amazing. And, and a few observations I had from the trip was just seeing our people um, come together and really trust one another to like get specific tasks done. Like this is your thing, go do it. And, and, and nothing else was said. And, and just the trust that we had among one another and, and also feeling the a sense of accomplishment after completing, uh, uh, after completing the projects, the ramps that we had for the day. And I won't forget um, the, the second night that we were there, 
uh, we were done with our first ramp. Our team wasn't, and we, we all got in the van. It was like 9 o'clock that night. We all had 12-hour days, and we were pretty tired, but we were also very happy, very satisfied. And, and I, remember, I remember scholars saying, man, guys, if you don't feel accomplished right now, I, I don't know what's going to going to do it for you. And I was like, man, that's, that's so good. Like this feeling that we have right now, that, that, that satisfaction w- was not uh, from this world. That was from heaven. That was, that was God um, showing himself to us. God, God, that's what it feels like when we let the Lord use us. And uh, man, that, that feeling of accomplishment, eh, there's nothing else that matches with that. And uh, man, just, just seeing our team embrace the uncomfortable this week, um, Man, it, it would have been easier for our team to go and, and, and laying on the beach, sipping some Dr. Pepper, and, and just, you know, that, that would have been the easiest thing to do, right? Man, sipping Dr. Pepper. But, but uh, man, we, we saw this team this past week just, just do the thing, um, do the harder option, do the thing that was more difficult, and sacrifice ourselves, embrace the very thing that, that wasn't comfortable, and and just in talking about calling on our life, and just like we did this last week, that's what it looks like. Press towards the thing God wants you to do, whether it's, it's uncomfortable or not. That, that's, that's the thing God wants for us. Christianity is not just a self-help exercise. It's a mission that we are on with God. This is what God has called each of us to do, to love one another well wherever we're at. Whether we're in Victoria, Texas, or San Angelo, Texas, whether in your dorm, your classroom, or your workplace, God has called you to love well and love now and love hard because he loved us first. Amen? This is how we overcome apathy. Write it down. It's not on your outline, but write it down. We catch God's heart. If we wake up um, today, tomorrow, the next day, and we don't feel any emotion, we don't care for the things going on around us, uh, we may have an issue in our family, but we don't care for it. We, we don't have concern for it. That, that can happen, and that may happen, but we, in that moment, in that very moment that we feel apathetic, we have to say, God, I, I want your heart. I want to think like you do. I want to feel like you do. I want to see people like you do. That's how we, come, how we overcome apathy, is by catching God's heart. Now, I don't, I don't have a st- five-step method for, for overcoming apathy or depression, but, but I do know that we have to catch God's heart. If we don't catch God's heart, his vision for our life, the way we care for one another, what are we here for? That, that's why we're here. The Great Commission was not, not a suggestion. It was a command to make disciples of all nations. And that's what we're here for. What, whatever your job title may be, wherever the Lord may take you in the marketplace, in the church, in your own personal mission, um, and God's heart, knowing God's heart, living that out, is what God wants us to do. The Great Commission applies to every single area of our life. And having this revelation of who Jesus is, how much he loves us, and what he's done for us, it should give us peace, yes, but it should also give us a little bit of discomfort. Because then we know, we realize that there's so many people out there that don't have that same peace, that don't have that same knowledge, have not had that same transformation in their life. And somebody's got to do something about that. Somebody's got to go tell them. Somebody's got to make a difference. Whatever your job title may be, you can make a difference. Whatever area or circumstance God puts you in, you can make a difference. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, we have that scripture. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
who for the joy was set before him, he endured the cross. The joy Jesus had, the motivation Jesus had, was his love for us. That's what drove him to the cross. That was the thing that got Jesus up in the morning and said, this is what I'm put on earth for. It's out of my love for the people to come. Out of my love for my people, my children. That was Jesus' joy. To give himself, to lower himself, to embrace the uncomfortable for our sin, for our well-being now. He endured the cross. And, and, and he just didn't do it, but it was his joy to do so. And we should live at a, a direct reflection of that, knowing that because Jesus embraced the most uncomfortable thing that we can ever imagine, we can go and we can pursue the uncomfortable thing that's in front of us right now. If God's telling us to do it, we should do it. So I want to ask you tonight, where, where can you be obedient today? Excuse me. What's the thing that he's called us to do that we know we need to do? And I want you to write the word obedience down in your notes. I want you to write it wherever you're taking notes. Obedience. And, and, and there's a quote I want to share with you. There will be no peace in any soul until it is willing to obey the voice of God. There will be no peace in any soul until it is willing to obey the voice of God. How can we obey God today? Now I want you to look at this next slide. And I want you to circle the three words in the very middle of this. Die. How can we die to ourselves today? Just like Jesus did. Literally dying for our sins. How can we say others are greater than what we want? What God has is greater than my selfish desires for this day, for this season, for this next year of my life. How can we be obedient by putting ourselves lower than others? How can I die to myself today just like Jesus did? Going back to this parable, if we're faithful in what God has put in front of us today, he will give us greater things to be faithful in later. Matthew 25, 19. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And Jesus is coming back. He's returning. Amen? Amen. Amen. And he's also going to come back and we're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ, Scripture says. And he's going to lay out everything that we did on the altar and, and say, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? And that's when we answer him. We did something with the calling he has on our life. We did something with the heart he's given us, with the people around us, the issues we see today. We did that and we did that for his glory. I want us to be Excited when we get to heaven and know that what Jesus, that what Jesus is asking us, we, we did things for him. We, we may not have been perfect. We may, we may have tripped and fell, and, but he's got us back up, and, and we're doing it for his purpose. And we just had this thought earlier. Get, uh, a, a dead Savior could not call us to do something for him. We're serving a living God tonight, a God that's alive, that has his Holy Spirit in the very center of each one of us. He's with us here. He's with us in this moment, and he's calling us to do something for him. Whatever that may be, whatever your mission may be, whatever your something may be, whatever your uncomfortable may be, know that we have to embrace the thing he's called us to do. We have to be willing to set ourselves down beneath the others around us. 
throw our selfishness aside and say, God, what people do you want me to reach? What people do you want me to, to follow? Where can you break my heart today, God?